Welcome to episode number 44 of the Active Geek podcast entitled Jim Henson. Now, Jim Henson's birthday is today, the day that we're posting this, September 24th. He would have been 80 years old, but he was taken from us too soon. Jim Henson is also a personal hero for myself and Chuck, so we honored him by giving our our spin on his legacy. We talk about the Muppets, Emmett Otter and the Jug Band, Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, and his live-action movies, uh, Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. We also talk about who would take over the Fraggles, what we thought of the new Muppet movies, and just the way that he's kind of impressioned us as geeks and as adults. Uh, what makes the Muppet so special? What makes puppetry, in terms of Jim Henson puppetry, what makes that still very popular uh, when it was considered a dying practice? Um, and then we talk about everything from our top favorite characters to our least favorite Muppet, um, who our favorite cameos were in the Muppets, and then um, Chuck does a, an impression of Kermit at the end, so you really want to listen to that. All right, guys, without further ado, this is episode number 44 of the Active Geek Podcast entitled Jim Henson. Chuck, by the time we post this, it's going to be the 80th birthday of one of my favorite people, one of my favorite gyms in the world, Jim Henson. Um, and this is a little different from what we usually do because we talk about superheroes, we talk about comic books, we talk about movies television. We even throw some sports in there to give us that credit as far as the active, in the active geek part. We've never really focused, yeah, focused on one person. No. Um, and that's going to change because we got some other people we're going to focus on. Um, but Jim Henson is by far one of my most favorite people in the world. Um, he's dead now, obviously. Um, he died when he was 53. Had so, a very short life. Um, From and then bacteria and pneumonia. Uh, yeah, and then his son dies a couple of years after him, and now Brian Henson is Brian in, Henson he, is in charge. And he, 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 I look back on him and on his Wikipedia page and his IMDb page, and he's done a lot of voices. He does. And I didn't even know, like, I didn't really realize how family-oriented the Muppets were and Henson Studios were. I guess, you know, I didn't realize. I was focused, pre, pre-focused on um, Jim. But he's on the Mount Rushmore of gyms for me. I think he's one of the most creative entertainment minds in the past century. But do you want to hear the Mount Rushmore of gyms? Okay, yeah. It would be myself, Jim Henson, Jimmy Carter, and Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> the race car driver. Oh, I was thinking the... The one who needs to see Dallas Alice commercials. Coach. Yeah, yeah. No, we're not putting anybody with performance and, uh, problems on my Mount Rushmore. I like Jimbo Fisher, too. I Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons is good. That's a good one. There's a lot of good gyms. You know, Wolverine was a, uh, is a gym, if you give him his, uh, his nickname. Because his name is James Logan. Not a lot of good Chucks. Charles Xavier, dude. Well, That's yeah. all you need to worry about. Yeah. Chucky Finster from the Rugrats. We're good. You got two. And then there's you. Alright, so what were you saying about uh, Jim Henson? I think he's one of the most creative entertainment minds in the past century. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you got Walt Disney, Stan Lee, Jim Henson, you know. Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby. But what, I said one of, not the... No, I just wanted to put Jack Kirby in there. <laughs> so, but like, the creations and the kind of inner creative mind that he had was unbelievable. Yeah, and like think about it, dude. He took a 
in a world based on animation. He went with a dying trade of puppetry and made a successful living on puppetry and filmed a tell, like a live tell, it was live at the, back in the day, um, of a puppet show and got big names to go on that show. You know what I mean? I can, like, I can understand Walt Disney getting big names to do, uh, Mickey Mouse Friends, like cartoon, like guest stars on that, like when they did the, um, the Don Knotts did some, uh, Walt Disney, or did Disney work. Yeah. Um, you have him, but like, puppets, who, who wanted to work with puppets? And apparently everybody wanted to work with puppets. Yeah, back in the 70s, I mean, like, Elton John was big. He mm-hmm. was on it. Um, countless. Johnny, count- Johnny Carson. Uh, Steve Martin. Yeah, they, everybody was on it. My my main man was on it. I'm not going to give that my main man away yet because we're going to talk about movies. And my main man was in a couple of Muppet movies. But he he was a visionary. And he was the... he. You know who he reminds me of, like, who I can kind of give, like, similarities to? is Charles Schultz. Who created the Peanuts? Yep. Another famous Chuck. Um, both of them were in fields that you could say were dying, you know, but they they had a long prosperous career. They didn't really change up what they did. They stayed true to their work, and they created iconic characters. Mm-hmm. When was the last time someone besides what I'm about to do referred to Catman? Not with a B, but with a C, in a conversation with you. <laughs> it's been a long time, right? But you, re- but you know more than one character in the Peanuts. You know, you know Charlie Brown and Linus and Schroeder and Snoopy, right? And that's I haven't even named the women, but there's so many more. And then same thing with the Muppets. You go on and on with oh, Muppets yeah. and Sesame Street characters and Fraggles and all his live action and other puppetry work. He is he was a genius, and he was the definition of staying true to your word. So. What what other you know what does Jim Henson mean to you? You know we t- we we spoke on how we we see Jim Henson, mm-hmm. but what does he truly mean to you? I mean, I remember as a kid, it just brings it brings a lot to, back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember watching all those Sesame Street and um, Muppets, and so he's a part. What he means, he he's a part of my childhood, mm-hmm. and a big part of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, without him, we wouldn't know all the great creative work. Yeah, and you and I grew up in the same decade, and that mm-hmm. was pre-Barney. You know, the kids after us grew up around Barney and the Teletubbies, and these are characters that are their childhood, Where whereas you and I grew up with the Muppets and Elmo and Big Bird and the Bert and Ernie's, the Fraggles... And Alf. Alf wasn't Jim Henson, but like these are the the characters we grew up with mm-hmm. that taught us things. And when we were kids, the Muppet Show was kind of adult humor. Yeah. And and then they did that resurgence with the the failed ABC pilot. I really liked that. Show. They didn't they didn't give it enough time to breathe. No. In, in my opinion, they did one season, and I and I really enjoyed that. It was very. It was, it was a good show. It was very adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were drinking in bars, and it was a good show. And that that's the the world we live in, man. If it doesn't capture you right then, it's not going to make it. And ABC is one of those networks that will cancel it right off the gate. Like we saw, they just canceled Agent Carter. And that was about to hit its stride. You know, it was moving past all the 
you know, the Steve Rogers stuff, and it was getting into her, she was getting into her own. They canceled that, but then they'll keep, you know, Grey's Anatomy on for thirty five years, and um, it's another show that they had. Castle Na- Nashville. Ugh. That got canceled. But it got picked up again. Yeah. Like it's on CMT. But Castle is one of those shows that it just got canceled too. Yeah. It seemed like it was going on for it was like nine seasons. But it got canceled three times within those nine seasons. <laughs> like that's another show that gets canceled, and like I don't know why Nathan Billion's work gets canceled so much. He's a great actor. It got canceled, and then ABC picked it back up because it's been on ABC the whole time. Yeah, it's. I think it was on TNT at one point. I thought it was on ABC the whole time. I know it, it's been canceled before. And they're like, oh, let's bring it right back up. <laughs> I don't know. He's my choice for Nova. In oh, yeah. If they ever... Like, Nova and a Green Lantern. Maybe an older Green Lantern. Not the main... Not Hal Al Jordan. Maybe, Not like, a, uh, a Guy Gardner. Yeah, I can see Guy Gardner. All right. So let's, let's go back. So that's your childhood for you. And my whole rant was, like, they, we grew up post uh, pre-Barney. So growing up, we did see all these characters. And they weren't scary. You know what I mean? No, some of them were. Sweetums was pretty damn scary. You remember Sweetums? Oh, yeah. We'll talk about Sweetums. Sweetums was pretty scary. <laughs> Great name, by the way. But, yeah, Jim Henson kind of molded my childhood from afar. And he's... Jim Henson and Walt Disney and, and Charles Schultz as well. Um, they all molded my childhood. So, I wouldn't be the geek that I am now no, totally. without the Muppets and the Fraggles and Sesame... Not so much Sesame Street, but... Mainly the Muppets. So when you when you think about Jim Henson, and we've talked about some of his creations, and we'll talk about a lot more of his creations throughout this episode. All-time favorite kind of creation, like a show or a movie that he's done? By far the Muppets. Okay. I love the Muppets as a kid. I still like the Muppets. Mm-hmm. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. Like, I, I watched every episode of the new uh, show yep. that they had. Um when the two movies recently came out. I remember it came on DVD. I was like, yeah, I'm buying it. And I bought it and showed it to Alana. And she didn't like it. And then... Well, I, she, well the thing about it, she grew, she grew up, she's growing up in a, a frozen society where... A more digital world. Yeah, Pixar, all, stuff like that, where we grew up with... We didn't have that shit. We no, didn't have any of that. No. I mean, we had, like, some Disney movies. Yeah. But we didn't have... Like a lot of the inside out, toward, yeah, exactly. It was it was it was that trial and error kind yeah. of phase. Like this is what like our animation was like Beavis and Butthead. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't get Inside Out and Zootopia and stuff of that nature. Frozen. So, so like I and then the second one, I took her to the theater. I convinced her and took her to the theaters, and it was all right. Um, I liked the first one better, mm-hmm. but you know, I to me Muppets will always be in my mind. The best creation ever. Jason Siegel was the perfect person to take over the Muppets. 100%. Because I feel like Jason, if Jason Siegel were in here, like the three of us would be like best pals. Because I feel like, I feel like, I, I feel like Jason Siegel and Seth Rogen are like just big geeks. Yeah. They love their stuff and like they put out good quality that you wouldn't expect them to put out. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Siegel with the Muppets, Seth Rogen with Preacher. You know what I mean? Both. Like, Preacher's a great comic book, and the Muppets are historic. Yeah. And these comedian like comedian actors come in and they just say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. And we're going to talk about the Fraggles with, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yep. another one who I think could just, like, sit in here and 
we wouldn't skip a beat, I think. If, I think we would just be best pals, all of us. <laughs> um, I don't know about Seth Rogen, though, because he smokes a lot of weed. And we're not. And neither of us smoke. So I think that, you know, I think he would, he'd be... I'd like Seth Rogen, so... Um, my favorite creation by Joe Henson, as well, is Muppets. Um, they're just amazing. You know what I mean? They're just weird characters that are talking, and the effort that goes through it. I just don't, like... I don't think I, when I was a kid I knew how hard it was to put together a production. Like, how many people went into it. Like, if you had a bigger Muppet, how many people were working that? Like, oh, yeah. if you had an animatronic piece, how many people were working that? And... Like, now it would be easier, but back then... Yeah. Like, look, looking looking back, it was like, man, like, that's awesome. And now I have so much more appreciation for it. Like, I run a, a self-expression group in at work. And one of the things that we do is we focus on different kind of artists and, like, and craftsmen. And we've done a lot of Jim Henson documentaries and behind-the-scenes stuff. And we just did a, um, a labyrinth behind-the-scene just to show, like, the effort that goes into this stuff. And, my God, dude, for him to be as nice as he was and not wig out and kill people on the set of these productions is a testament to him because so many things go wrong. And that could be your whole production. And that could be your whole livelihood. It's not like you, you know, if you're doing a live show... And Kermit's eye falls off. You can't edit that. Like, that's the no. thing. Like, and I also like the Muppets because, like, I had a ton of Kermit and Gonzo and Fozzie stuffed animals and puppets. Mm-hmm. That that was my, uh, that, was, that was my shit. And that's what I grew up on. Again, an, an Alf. But he's not a Muppet. Oh, Alf would have been great as a Muppet. Ew. He would have been so awesome as a Muppet. He would have knocked a lot of heads off in the Muppets. Like, a lot of people wouldn't make the cut. Who's your favorite creature? Like, what's the the best Jim Henson creature shop creation? Um, I actually think one of the best is the uh, Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. For the original Ninja Turtles movie in the 90s. Uh, I think they were spot on from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look great. They moved well. Mm-hmm. Um, from a, a uh, creation... A creative standpoint, like, like I love the Muppets, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are just They're puppets. Puppets, and yeah. you know, add fur. But this was the the texture and the movement. I mean, there was people inside them. It made it believable that that was a walking turtle as opposed to a person in a turtle suit. Yeah, essentially, right? Yeah, and they made it, you know, obviously as believable as it can be. Absolutely. Um, so I thought, you know, it was amazing. Uh, a um, a close second, and just because of uh, Star Wars, to my heart is Yoda. Yeah. Um, the creation of that, and it was just his little puppet, but you know, I, I like the design as well. Did he consult on all of the creations? Like, did he help with Chewbacca and the Ewoks? I was thinking about that. I don't know. I know definitely, like. I think he helped design Wicket. That's a possibility. Because, like, that's right up his alley. Chewbacca, I can understand, like. There's not a lot that goes into Chewie. Like, he's a, just a giant hairy person. It's like causing it with arms and legs that you see. But, like, I could see, like, Wicket and the Ewoks being part of... Like, I not Java, obviously, but, yeah. like, Wicket and, and Yoda. Well, like... He had a close relationship with oh, George they, Lucas. They, they were, like, best, best of friends. Him and Steven Spielberg and, and um, George, Georgie Lou. Well, and then one of the... Frank Oz, who is oh, a... He's Yoda's voice. Yoda's voice, but he's also done... 
Fozzie and Bert. And... Yeah, he does a lot of uh, iconic characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ninja Turtles, I think, is in my mind best creation. Close second, Yoda. Frank Oz, follow up question: favorite voice, Fozzie or Yoda? That's a tough one because they're his. That's his bread and his. See, body. I like Fozzie. Okay. Um, oh. And I'm taking your Star Wars card away, bud. I love Yoda. It just he's hard to understand sometimes. Yeah, well, because he he speaks in. Yeah, backwards. Yeah, he's a dyslexic. He's a dys- dyslexic Jedi. Um. I had another follow up question. Can you do any other other voices? Um. I used to do the Kermit when I was. You a you don't have to do it. I won't put you on a spot because if it's bad, then I. I'm not going to edit it out, well, so we, remember that. We can do it all fair, and okay. when we do one of our breaks to see if... Uh, I'm, I'm usually good with voices. Um, I can't... I can maybe do a Kermit the Frog. It's not that hard, uh, but I'm a perfectionist, so I want to make sure I have it yeah. down. Fozzie's super tough. I don't think I can hit the Gonzo no. cadence, um, but like, you know, Swedish Chef is obviously... He's an, he's an easy one because he mm. speaks in gibberish. Um... My favorite creation is, um, and I, I told you this before, like, I always heard and thought that Jim Henson had a hand in on the Philly Fanatic. And I read that it was Acme Mascots, which had ties to Henson. So I don't know if, like, obviously we can't talk to Jim unless we get a Ouija board. Um, and that would be a pretty cool... Or just contact Bob Hoskins. And... Well, we can talk about Bob, we can talk to Bobby and Jimmy at the same time. I'm sure they're up there palling around talking about their their adventures in Hollywood. But I'm I wanna say Philly Fanatic, but it's not. It's gonna be something that you're not gonna think of. Uh Emmett Otter. Mm-hmm. I love Emmett Otter. I oh we'll talk uh, about Emmett Otter later. Otters are one of my favorite um animals in the world. I Emmett just think Otter they're jug band yeah, Christmas. I think they're adorable. Um and I was also kinda like raised on country music. So seeing one of my favorite animals a play, a, band. play a country band kind of music um, really spoke to me. So Emmett Otter, for sure, is my my favorite Jim Henson creation. Uh, it's not Kermit, because Kermit's kind of plain. Yep. Um, he's a green frog, and, you know, he's... Everybody's seen Kermit. If you haven't seen Kermit, don't listen to this episode, because mm-hmm. you are lost. <laughs> You're already lost. Um, and you thought it would have been? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right, so moving on from the man himself... Let's, and if you're, if you're still lost, because we said if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Kermit the Frog is, you're lost. If you're still lost, you're going to be even deeper down the creek without a paddle, because now we're going to talk about the Muppets. We already kind of answered this question. You watched the Muppets when you were a kid. Yeah. Right? So, what brought you to the Muppets, and like, what are some of the overall thoughts you, you had that made you continue to watch the Muppets into your adulthood? Well, the first... Was my exposure was the Muppet Show, mm-hmm. even though um, I watched reruns because it did not air when I was alive. Mm-hmm. It aired from seventy six to eighty one, but it was still on TV. You just missed the cut. Yeah, just I mean I was, yeah, might have been thought of at that time. But, you were just a optimistic sperm in your daddy's <laughs> sack. <laughs> optimistic sperm in my daddy's sack. In a Jim Henson discussion, maybe the first time that's Listen, happened. man, I'm sure it's been brought up. People, puppeteers get kind of freaky. So, um, yeah, so I watched it, and I remember uh, 
watching it in the living room of the house when I was a child. And we moved out of there when I was like seven. So I remember vividly watching it on the wood panel TV. You know, the old school. Oh, I remember. I remember watching them up and I, I, I loved it. You know, I was glued to it. Um, and then with all the movies that came out mm-hmm. during the 80s. So, uh, yeah, the 80s were Muppets strong, man. Movie, it was like movie after movie. Muppets in Manhattan, Muppets in Space, Christmas great. Muppets, the yeah. Muppet Caper or whatever. Like, you know, you had all, all these movies. So that's what brought you in? Yeah, I mean, when we were little, we didn't have all these channels, all this exposure like they do now. Yeah, with three, six, ten, uh, maybe MTV if your parents had a little money. Yeah, but um, and Prism. And that's the thing, like, and then you didn't have Netflix, you didn't have Hulu, mm-hmm. you didn't have all these devices, and you know, so you relied a lot on home video. Yeah. And you know VHS tapes and. Uh, you know, reruns of TV, so, yeah. you know, Muppets were playing a lot, and I just remember, like, and then also, back then, too, there wasn't, you know, there were Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. But, but it wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of content. Yeah, and there were, there also wasn't a lot of other distractions. Like, yeah. Like, we can play video games now. Like, we could play video games then, but, like, most houses... Like, most of the people I knew, and myself included, did not have multiple TVs in the house. No. We were lucky enough to have one and have a VCR that didn't eat your tapes. So, like, to ha- if you're playing video games on the house television, your ass is going to be paddled. You know what I mean? Because dad wants to watch this or mom wants to watch that. And same thing with, like, with the reruns. Like, if you missed that Muppets episode, you didn't know if you were ever getting it back. Yeah. You didn't know how long you were going to have to wait. So, you're, you're right. You didn't, we had to focus on reruns and VHS tapes. Yeah. I miss my VCR, dude. I saw a VCR at work today. Mom still like, has one. I, I saw a VCR at work today, and I was like, I'm taking that. <laughs> Bring that home. Um, with me, my the thing that... I watched The Muppets, like, like I said, like I'm years after you as far as in the, the birth cycle. So I don't think I was an optimistic sperm. Um, yeah. But... To see when like growing up, like I think like the first thing Jim Henson oriented that I saw was probably Labyrinth or The Dark Crystal, but then I had like I had the stuffed animals from you know handed down from cousins or baby gifts. I remember I had a um, a Kermit the Frog onesie, like it it wasn't like like a fur suit where we're like dressed as Kermit, but it had like it had him sitting on his little his little bank with his harmonica and. I also just remember having a ton of the VHSs, and their artwork was strong in those boxes. It was all, I, I remember, it was like all bright colors and had like the, the gold trimming around it, mm-hmm. and the big Muppet show letters, and then the maybe the guests that were on that one with the Muppets. always thought that was cool. So the, the main thing that kind of brought me in was they were talking animals, and having talking animals work with some of my favorite actors at the time, and like kind of joke with humans was huge for me so it kept me watching it to this point you know when you think about the Muppets you think about characters like Kermit the Frog Gonzo um, Miss Piggy um, I'm drawing a blank Fozzie Swedish Chef who who's your all-time number one of number one Muppets is it Sweetums no Um, just because of all the exposure and I just love it's Kermit okay you know what I mean I mean 
It's kind of like a lot of people love Mickey Mouse. You know, he is the face of the Muppets. Is Mickey Mouse your favorite Disney character? No, but I'm just saying. Is a lot it Goofy? Of Goofy's my favorite. Go- yeah, I would probably say out of the core Disney. Yeah. Okay. Um, Not a Donald fan. He was a pretentious asshole. But with Kermit, like, you know, they coincide with each other. Yeah, oh yeah. You think Muppet, you think Kermit. Yep. So, um, and he was always my favorite in the movies and stuff. I was so worried that Kermit wasn't going to get any love on this this podcast because he's he's kind of, he is the face. So sometimes the face can be annoying. Like how many times am I going to see this yeah. frog? Or how many times am I going to see that mouse? Or how many times do I have to see Snoopy? He's not my favorite. Uh, my my all-time favorite Muppet is another one of Jim Henson's very first creations, and it's Rolf the dog. Love Rolf. Um, come on, now, I had a dog that looked just like Rolf when I was a kid, and it hit home, and I love dogs, and I just wanted to kind of be something different. All the kids at school liked Kermit. I want to like Rolf. Do you know where he started? Uh, Rolf had, he had a brief appearance, I can't remember the show. Was it Emma Dot? Otter's Jug Man now? What was it? He started off on the Jimmy Dean show. Okay. Um, Making sausages. Jimmy, delicious no, breakfast Jimmy sandwiches. Jimmy Dean was a country singer. I know who Jimmy Dean is, but he also made delicious and breakfast he, sandwiches. he hosts a comedy variety show with the help from his puppet sidekick, Rolf. Yeah. And... I read the Wikipedia page. I just couldn't remember and where Rolf, it was. And um, Rolf, he was so popular that the show received 2,000 letters a week well, and for Rolf. Rolf also played the piano. Yep. And I've never played the piano. Like, I can play a little bit of it. Like, I'm not good at it. But I think it kind of coincides with my favorite Peanut, who's Schroeder. Yeah. So Schroeder played the, peanut, uh, played the, the piano, and Rolf played the piano. So it's another reason why I really like them. So who? I'm going to tell you my least favorite. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping we have the same one. Um, I couldn't stand Miss Piggy. I hated her so much. I just didn't like her. Um, I thought she was great for the show. Because, like, she was that annoyance, but she was so f- super funny. I just thought, like, her voice was annoying. Um, that's another Frank Oz character, yeah. right? Um, and I wasn't... I just didn't like her. Who was your least favorite? Is I it, have two. Is it Gonzo? No, and their background. Oh. Are they are they a pair? No. Can I try and guess? You can try. You're not going to guess. Okay. Is it Rizzo the Mouse? Nope. Is it the newscaster? No. Not Sweetums. No. You like Sweetums. Dr. Teeth. No. Who? Crazy Harry. Okay. He was a dynamite guy. Uh-huh. Who always blew stuff up mm-hmm. and he had the crazy hair and he just always looked singed. Oh, yeah. Never liked him. And the second one was Lou Zealand. Oh, <laughs> Lou Zealand. I hated Lou Zealand. He was the guy that threw the boomerang fish. Yeah, he also had the really loud uh, blazer. Yeah, with the truffles. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great name, though. Lou Zealand. I hated Lou Zealand Crazy Harry. I guess you didn't see that coming. No, I didn't think you were going to pick background players. But they, they, Lou Zealand was kind of... He was super annoying. Crazy think, Harry just scared me as a child. Yeah. Like, I just thought he was... I thought he was just creepy. Yeah, Miss, Miss Piggy did it for me. I did, I did... I despised her. Um, and I didn't like her in... I didn't like her portrayal in the new Muppet show. Where she's, like, trying to get with Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> and, like, I just... I wasn't a fan. But neither here... Well, that is here or there. Um, I just wasn't a fan of her. Let's do a top five. We always do one. Yeah. Hit me with your top five, the all-time, all-time favorite Muppets. Kermit the Frog. Okay. Fozzie Bear. Okay. 
Sweetums. Okay. Had to put Sweetums in there. Dr. Teeth. Ah, Dr. Teeth is a good one. Love Dr. Teeth. And you thought it was one of my least favorites. Well, you said background. He's kind of a background player for me. I love Dr. Teeth. Dr. Teeth. I mean, you know, he's the head of the um, Electric Mayhem. Did you know that Dr. Teeth played an entire set at a concert over in California a couple weeks ago? Really? An entire set. Well, that was... It's crazy. That was Jim Henson. Yeah. He did the voice back yeah. in the day. Yeah, he, there were obviously, unless Jim Henson's <laughs> ghosts went into Dr. Teeth, but like, he played a whole set. It's crazy. Um, and I always liked the Electric Mayhem. Oh, yeah. And I liked that they were the uh, the house band yeah. for Miss Piggy's show in the new It's like the Roots. Series. <laughs> yeah. And the, roots are the, so, the Roots are the human Muppets. They were so um, trippy. And, you know, oh, they yeah. were obviously the drugs and... You know, yeah, man, they were like the LSD oh, Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> they were they were hitting it hard at Woodstock. And I'll tell you, the I don't know his name, um, but he played the uh, the saxophone. He always reminded me of Carlos Santana, just the look yeah. itself. Um, and there was June, right? She uh, kind of looked like a uh, a tadpole with the long yeah. blonde hair. Pretty sure the character's name was June. I forget, but she was in the most recent series. Uh, the ABC had Sam the Eagle was in love with her. Yeah, Sam the Janice. Eagle. Janice. Ja- okay, Sam the Eagle is a strong character too. <laughs> he is a strong character. And I then, like Sam the Eagle. Then my very last one is Rizzo the Rat. Okay, I liked Rizzo. Rizzo I, was cool. I always loved Rizzo, and he just he was always he was a smartass. Now, do you like Rizzo more than that prawn character that they they came up with? He's not bad. The prawn was pretty Happy. good. Yeah, but he was essentially just. He's uh, Rizzo. As yeah. shit. He was just a Rizzo kind of like. Let's do another weird animal that's gonna. But I, I always, and uh, honorable mention, I always love Bean Bunny. Okay. I thought Bean Bunny was cool, um, but yeah, they're my top five. All right, my top five are completely different. There's actually six because I class two as a pair. Um, I got Rolf. Okay. I got Waldorf and Statler. Yep. The the two old men. They're hilarious. Love them. Uh, Fozzie. I'm shocked this didn't go on yours. Uh, Animal. Loved Animal. Yeah. I had a dude. I had a jean jacket with a huge animal patch as a child on the back. It, I looked like I was in the Muppet Motor Club. Like, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the Hell's Angels of Puppets. Um, and then my, my final five, number five, is Beaker. Oh, yeah. Beaker was... Beaker and Professor Honeydew were strong-ass characters. Um... And I've, I've said it before on the podcast, I believe that Michael Cutlet's portrayal of Abraham is a buff zombie apocalypse beaker. Like, he's kind of evolved into Abraham. Um, but my honorable mention was definitely Sweetums. Sweetums, Sweetums was, is great. He's a horrifying character. Like and he just runs and... He's horrifying. Uh, but he's a lovely, lovely Muppet, I believe. Yeah. I feel like he'd be my best friend. So, if you had to pick a favorite... Out of your top five, it's going to be Kermit, correct? Yeah. And mine's going to be Rolf, of course. Is that because of the movies that happened in the 80s and the 90s? Because oh, you, said, you said you loved Kermit's portrayal in the in the movies. Oh, yeah. So that made him your favorite. Yeah. So you obviously have seen all the 80s and 90s movies? Mm, um, yes. Every single one? Uh, if I haven't seen all of one, I've seen bits and pieces of Muppet Treasure Island. Okay. That was a good one. Um, but okay. I've... Everything else, yeah. So you enjoyed them? Yep. All right. What's your favorite? Uh, Muppets Tank Manhattan. 
That's a good one. That's a really Mama good one. Take me, I mean, just... And the cameos in that with Joan Rivers. And, mm-hmm. You know, just... A lot of the cameos are now dead. Well, it was 30 years ago. Yeah, well, a lot of them 30 are, years ago. <laughs> well, Joan Rivers was 80 Steve, back then. Yeah, but Steve Martin. Yeah. Like, he's still alive, and he was on the, the Muppet show. But the, the, the Muppets take Manhattan. I mean... That was a good one. That was... It's a really good one. I was two when I was, that came out. So again, I've seen that on video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have it. I don't have all of them. I have that one. And um, it's uh, it's just... It's good. It, it holds up. It holds, it up. holds up. And then an honorable mention, if I could pick... There's so many. I really love the, uh, the Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, that's a good one. And then uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Dude, I I was gonna the Muppet Christmas Carol is better than any other Christmas Carol oh, that yeah. I've ever seen, and I think that every Muppet movie holds up. Yep. And if you don't think, come fight me. Find me in Lindenwald, New Jersey. It's the hood. Come fight me. Um, I think all the Muppet movies hold up, and I to this day I will defend that. And I I watch the Muppet Christmas Carol every year. It's on television. Oh, yeah. I don't have it on DVD. I need to get it. I need to get the whole Jim Henson collection on DVD. Yeah. That's got, dude, that's got to span a hundred discs. Yeah. Because I want it all. I, I don't I, want just Muppets. I want it I bought, all. When my nephew was born, I bought that for him and my sister was excited because we used to watch as kids. It was a, I mean. Christmas tradition. Christmas tradition, but we watched it like 300 times. Oh yeah. It's a great movie. But not only the movies that came out itself, but the TV movies and direct mm-hmm. movies, like, um, Speaking of Christmas movies, do you remember the Christmas toy? Yeah. As another one that we used to watch all the time. Yeah, they had, they, dude, they had good and, ones. Such, such uh, good movies. Emmett Otter Joke Band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was one, um, and then uh, The Bunny Picnic. Yep. And then my favorite TV movie was called Dog City. That's a Rolf movie. He was a background character. It's got, it should have been a Rolf movie. Uh, it was kind of like a gangster movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it was kind of take place in, like, the 20s and 30s. If they would have made Dog City now, Rolf would have been on the piano playing a cover to Tiger's Rack City. Dog City, bitch. Dog, Dog City, well, bitch. Well, the thing, like I said, it was like a, like a 30s yeah, era. like Al Capone. So, yeah, so they would, there was this bar, and it was Ralph's. Yeah. And he was the piano Pianist. Oh, yeah. So when he had like the bow tie and why are you calling my man a dick? That's a pianist. He's not a pianist. He's not a pianist. He's a pianist. All right, get him. So right. the Dog City. So that was that was awesome. If you've never seen it, I've watch seen, it. I've seen Dog City. Um, it actually spun off a uh, a cartoon. Spun off a of Rack City Tigers yeah. music video. But I guess it was so popular that they made a Dog City cartoon. Well, Rolf was a super popular character, and just having him in it was yeah. is gold. My movies are completely different than yours. So my, I said my boy participated in the Muppets. Yeah. And my boy's name is John Denver. One of my all-time favorite singers ever. Ever. Like, if I'm doing a Mount Rushmore of singers, he's on there. And I love John Denver. So my two favorite movies were John Denver's Christmas Together and John Denver's Rocky Mountain Holiday. He, you, dude, he did so much with the Muppets. Yeah, he did. He did two full movies. He did a 
uh, World Wildlife Foundation um, infomercial with Kermit, and he was in uh, season, uh, he was in episode four hundred and one of the of the Muppets. Four hundred and one, and his scene started at seventeen minutes and thirty seconds. Dude, he was John John Denver taken too soon, in my opinion. Um, I would have seen I would have seen him tour, but he, just his movies were like. They're very down to earth, very family oriented, def- definitely very country oriented, and gr- like I said, growing up country was my jelly and my jam, and my preserves, because it's country. So having John Denver in all the movies, and plus my dad loved John Denver, so that was something that we'd bond over, we'd watch it together. Uh, they were definitely my two favorites. But the Christmas movie, when not I don't know, not the Christmas movie, the Thanksgiving Muppets movie where they get snowed in. Yeah. And they're cooking the turkey and Swedish chef is like running after the chickens. Love that scene. It's, that's a priceless scene. Did you ever watch Muppet Babies? I actually did. Dude, I love Muppet Babies. Yeah, I... <laughs> I checked last week to see if it was on Netflix, honestly. I, I checked it when, when you when you sent this to me. I actually watched an episode on YouTube. It's phenomenal. Um, but it was... Uh... I was too old to watch Muppet Babies when Muppet Babies was out. No. Like later, like make, oh, I'm thinking of Tiny Toons. I'm sorry. Your Tiny Toons. It was eighty four to ninety one. Okay, yeah, I was I was a perfect age for that. Tiny Toons came out a little bit after. So I was. I probably didn't watch it as I got older, but it came out when I was two. I was zero to four. <laughs> it it came out when I was two and nine, so, you know, I probably didn't watch it all seven years, but I did watch a lot of it. Um, I, who was one of your favorite characters? Kermit, and see, and Rolf. See, one of my favorites is when he, they weren't all the time. Is when um, Bunsen Honey do. Well, dude, I, you you took the words out of my mouth. Having them in it was amazing too. Beaker and, and Bunsen, and they weren't all the time, but like it was. And I love how when they showed the adults, they did not. Yeah. And what they would do, they would play like do episodes of real movies. Mm-hmm. The YouTube, I didn't even. I clicked on it, and the episode was a Star Wars episode. Of course it was. And I didn't even, like, it didn't say... St- Piggy's got the the um, the buns up, yeah. right? Fozzie, Fozzie was, was chewy, right? Fozzie was chewy, and... Uh, Kermit was Luke. No, Kermit was Han. Yeah. And um, Gonzo was uh, Gonzolo. Yeah. Yeah, no, Kermit was Luke, Gonzo was Han. And, um... But, uh... It was just awesome, and... Yeah. Like... I, I, if they had it on DVD, I'd probably buy it. Yeah. And just thinking of like what you said about the adults, that's another thing that Charles Schultz did as well. Mm-hmm. And when you heard the adults speak, it was wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah, wah. And then you have, you have three people that we've referred to multiple times in this, uh, this podcast. You have Henson, you have Schultz, and you have Lucas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In one friggin' show. What, 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 are, what are your thoughts on Scooter. Is he an underrated Muppet or an annoying-ass Muppet? He's an anxious Muppet, I know see, that. See, I like Scooter. I feel like Scooter's me as a Muppet. I do. He was really anxious in the new episode, in the, in the new series. Um, I'd be anxious, too, if my name was Scooter. And uh, in Muppet Babies, they made Skeeter, yeah. which was straight, but they never had anything. Um, do you know who... From Doug Funny, Skeeter. Who played uh, Animal in the... Um, I do not. Uh, two people took it over. Mostly, it was Dave Coulier and Tupac Shakur, Howie Mandel. I can see that. Both of, uh, Dave Coulier did a lot. Yeah, well, he you know that was when 
Full House was just hitting yeah. his stride, right? Where he's well, not in the eighties, but yeah, he he's bringing out the woodchuck puppet. Yeah, so he. But I guess uh, how Mandel was... did, you know, some too. And I was looking at the IMDb, and I was trying to find a picture because I don't remember it. Apparently, Doctor Teeth was in. He was in Muppet Babies. He, yeah, because if you look up the IMDb, Jim Henson voiced Doctor Teeth in Muppet Babies. Wow, we gotta find that. Yeah, we gotta find that. Episode. I, I I googled it and I found. Pictures that people drew, oh, I but know. it wasn't. The I don't really do. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it for sure. So, we've talked about. Oh, the... real quick. Go ahead. Um, Stan Lee was in Muppet Babies as what? Stan Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. As a voice. Uh, apparently on IMDb, it's uh, if you look it up, it's as uh, Stan Lee as Stan Lee. All right, so there's two things that I need to find tonight. Um, we talked about the other movies, the Jason Siegel movies. Yep. You like the first one. Yeah, I did. You loved the first one. I thought the first one was great. I liked think. the second one, but didn't really... It It's not your favorite. No. Is it because it was a Tina Fey movie? No, I like Tina Fey. Is it because it had the imposter Kermit? No, I I don't think it was written as well. Yeah. I thought the first one did very good at... They were basically saying we're husbands. Yep. And because it was introducing the new... A new audience. Yep. To Muppets. Yeah, was, and also bringing back the old audience like us. Yeah, it's like our, it's us and our kids. Yeah. That, that's essentially what and, they were And doing. then it was basically saying like, you know, we're husbands. Yep. But we need to, we're trying to come back. Yeah, the the first one is great. The first one's phenomenal. Second one I, I watched, um, I didn't really like it. I think the tone was a little different than the Muppets that I'm used to. Um, just be honest. It, it came in at a time where Russia's not a very good country to to portray in a movie. Yeah. And then when you put your favorite characters in Russia, you, you kind of have a disdain for it, in my opinion. So that's, you know, that's my thoughts on the movie. I don't really need to go, like, everybody who's seen, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure you've seen the, the Muppets movies. And uh, do you think they do a third one? Is, is it in the pipeline? No. I think that's why they did the show. Okay. And the show failed, so I don't know if they're giving up totally. So the show fails. Do you think now that it opens up the door for Jason Segel to say, "All right, let's do a third movie. Let's show, let's show ABC that they were wrong." Granted, Disney owns the Muppets, yeah. but let's show them that they were wrong in this decision to cancel it. And Netflix is wrong because they didn't pick it up. We're gonna put out a new movie, I like a Muppets musical. I don't know if they will, mm. because John Denver was alive. They would. I don't know what. Their plans are if they have any plans, and they're just gonna sit on the Muppets, because, you know, they try to revive with the movie, mm-hmm. the first one, and it did great, and that's why I got a sequel, and the sequel didn't do that well, so they're you know what, let's try to do a more adult version for TV, mm-hmm. and that didn't do well, so now it's kind of what do you do with them? I'm 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 glad that the Muppets weren't like trotted out for the Olympics. Like, we, the Olympics just passed, so if they would have done, like, a Muppets do the Olympics movie, I would have been, I would have shot myself in the foot. <laughs> it would have been so bad. But I, I think there is hope for a Muppets 3, I think, in my mind. They just have, it has to be the right story. Yeah. It would be really cool if the Muppets kind of crossed over with the rest of the Disney properties and maybe did, like, a, a Star, another, like, Star Wars parody. Yeah. Or a Marvel, like, a Muppet Avengers well, I have... That would be, dude... Who, Sweetums as the Hulk. That'd be awesome. That, yeah, a few, yeah. A few years ago, my wife bought me... Um, 
it was a Disney World exclusive. She actually bought it online. I don't know, eBay or Amazon or Disney dot com. And um, but no, it was older. Oh, okay. It was you know probably like ten years ago, and it was um, a set, and I still have it, and it's in the box. It's uh, Muppet characters as Star Wars. Yeah. I think it would be even if it's just a one off. Where like a Christmas special where they they do all the Disney umbrellas. So you see like they bring out Mickey Mouse on in like CGI and they're interacting with the Muppets who are dressed as Darth Vader and or Kylo Ren for the scent the sake. And Kylo Iron Man's fighting Kylo Ren or something. And it's like Kermit is Iron Man and yeah. Doctor Teeth is Kylo Ren. <laughs> or animals, Kylo Ren. That's more appropriate based on the the hissy fits. The anger issues. Yeah, the hissy fits. Little little Kylo did. Um, so let's let's move on to um, something that we've spoke about before, and that's Sesame Street. You watched Sesame Street as a child. I did. Until what age do you think you watched it? So you don't have to give me specifics, but give me a uh, roundabout age you watched I'm it. About like five, six. Okay, I watched it a little bit later, only because. My mom ran a daycare when I was a child and when I was growing up. So I was probably like 11 when Sesame, when Sesame Street was still on. And I find myself on like Saturday mornings when I'm waiting for you to come over to record. I turn on HBO and Sesame Street is on. I'm like, I'm going to watch it for a minute. It's been on when I came over. It's not, um, it's kind of unwatchable for me now. They fi- they recently fired a lot of the, the main, t- the old staff that we remember. Yeah. Um, which caused a lot of controversy. I think they brought them back. But Sesame Street's always been getting in trouble. You don't hear about the Muppets molesting people. <laughs> but you sure as hell hear about Sesame Street characters molesting people. Um, who is your favorite Sesame Street character? Can I, can I guess? Yeah. Alright, we'll do a guessing game. Uh, you pick mine first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna think what your favorite is. Oscar the Grouch. No. Yours is Grover. Nope. One, one more shot, go ahead. You're not, you're not gonna guess it. He's obscure. Snuffle up against. Nope. Um, Oscar de Grouch is your favorite. Nope. Damn. Who's your favorite? Snuffle up against. I was going to say it, but, you know, I didn't think you were just going to hang dangle that out like a, like, like a carrot. You did, you son of a bitch. All right, so Snuff, Snuffy's your favorite. Snuffy, I mean, he, was, he wasn't in a lot of episodes, but he was just a huge, Mastodon-looking. Yeah, he was a mammoth. Yeah. Um, I, I liked him. I like his voice. Yeah. He was... Always, he just reminded me of a big furry Eeyore. Yeah, exactly. I I was a big fan of Snuffy. He wasn't my favorite. You know who my favorite was? Yeah. Telly. You remember Telly? Yes, I do. He was like the purple Grover with uh, antennae. Mm-hmm. I really liked Telly. Yeah, the honky nose, you know, the... Yeah, he was kind of a orange. dick on it, too. Like, he always was, like, kind of sarcastic yeah. for being a puppet. And I thought that was funny. And... I, purple was never my favorite color, no. but like I thought, I thought Telly, Telly was always my favorite. I did like when Kermit crossed over. Uh, yeah, when he was he on there, that not. was pretty cool. I, we'll, we'll get to let's you know what let's just do it right now. My least favorite was Bert. I hated Bert. He was a party pooper. He didn't want to have fun. No. Um, he was really mean to Ernie, and I, I get couples fight, um, because I'm thinking that they were gay muppets. They were gay puppets. They might have been. I think they are. I'm pretty sure they're living boyfriends. But they had separate beds, which was kind of weird. Maybe they're like best friends. I don't know. Um, I want to sleep in the same room as my best friend. But um, You'd sleep in the same room as me. No, I wouldn't. Not if we had a house. 
They had an apartment. No, yeah. They you had a one-bedroom apartment. You don't get a one-bedroom apartment for two dudes unless you're banging. Like, that's... The, <laughs> they were broke. No, how do you know? Sesame Street They had, had their jobs. No, you don't know that. They might have been bakers. Ernie had a job. Ernie was like a taxi driver. Bert looked like a guidance counselor. They had jobs, and Sesame Street isn't the hood. Like, they had... You see how clean those streets were? That was a great... Even people wanted to live in the trash cans. God damn it. Um, Bert was my least favorite. Who was your least favorite? Was I'm it Big Bird? Gonna, I'm probably going to get you. It's Big Bird. I don't like Elmo. Elmo's stupid. Elmo is annoying as shit. And I think I think what it was was all the exposure. Because... Wait, is this the the 30-plus-year-old Chuck speaking about Elmo, or is this the child? Because Elmo wasn't around when we were kids, was he? Exactly. Okay, so... Yeah, and this is the adult speaking. The adult speaking. Um, He's also a convicted child molester. Yeah. He was like a background character when we were kids. Like, show up here and there, and I never really recognized him until, you know, he got... Yeah, he got overexposed. Yeah. And um, it's, I think that's what all the overexposure just kind of like... He, he's perfect for the children. As grown men talking Sesame Street, I can understand why you don't like Elmo. Elmo's super annoying to me, too. Um, I don't really like Big Bird. I, 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 don't, I don't think, like, he... And I get, like, this is the adult speaking, not the child. Um, as a child, I was te- terrified of birds, so... He's he, still terrified yeah, of birds. Yeah, he's out. But second, like, he didn't really assert himself on the streets... I feel like if you're going to be in the streets and you're going to rep the streets, the Sesame Streets, you need to assert yourself. If Oscar is being a dick, you need to tell Oscar in a calm and nice voice, like, dude, you're being a dick. Now, even though... Or you put that motherfucker in a trash compactor. <laughs> even though you don't really like him. Did you ever watch File That Bird? No. Loved File That Bird. I, I didn't like birds as a child. I don't like birds as an adult. So I'm not watching a bird show. Do you remember what it was? It was like Carmen Sandiego with Big Bird. Well, no. He... <laughs> Big Bird actually... Um, there was like a... Uh, it was kind of like... Uh, what is that? Um, How are you going to tell me? Did you know what it was? And you clearly don't I'm, know I'm, what it was. No, I know what it was. There was a woman named Miss Finch. Okay. And it was kind of like... Uh, Child welfare services. Oh my god! For birds. Oh my god! And they wanted. They didn't think since Big Bird was just a big child, didn't want him living by himself. Mm-hmm. So they tried to place him with a group of birds. That sounds awful. I I have seen this. And I have seen it was this. a bunch of dodo birds. Yeah, I've seen this one. And then he runs away, and they try to get him back, and it's him. They're going across country, and you know it's all. All the big yeah. players, Count and Oscar. And I don't like I don't like Big Bird, so I wasn't gonna. I've seen that, didn't love it. Oh, I love we it. saw Carol Spiney. Um, yes, in we did. April. Yeah. We didn't talk to him, but we saw him. Um, he's old enough for his age. Yeah. And I'm sure he can still do that Big Bird voice. Oh, I'm sure. That's an iconic voice too. Kermit, Elmo, Big Bird. Yeah. Uh, Fozzie, stuff like that. There, Miss Piggy, uh, who again, Frank Oz, fantastic woman's voice. Um, Top five. Let's do one more top five. Top five favorite characters from the streets. Right. Snuffleupagus. Snuffy. Telly. Telly. Oh, Telly Major. Yeah, he was, he was on my list. Okay. Um, Oscar the Grouch. Okay. 
Grover a la Super Grover. Okay. And uh, Ernie. Okay. Four for four. Four for five. Uh, Tell Dog's on there. I'm going to give them nicknames because they're from the street. So Tell Dog, OTG, Oscar the Grouch, Snuffy. That's a pretty street nickname. Um, Duck Count. Love the count. Because he was pretty much a pimp. It was. One hole, two holes, <laughs> like, you know. and then Grover. Uh, not I liked regular Grover. I like Super Grover. Super Grover was awesome too, but didn't like Ernie. No, no, I did not like Ernie. That's now, another Jim Henson voice. Yeah, Ernie. Ernie. Um, I remember vividly. I was two years old and I had surgery. Uh, not really big surgery. I had two foot in my ears. Yeah. I remember vividly being in the hospital, and my aunt and uncle brought me a Ernie doll. Yeah, I can see how that would st- resonate with you. Yeah. I never got tubes in my ears. I never got Ernie doll. Don't like him. Um, did you... I don't like Bert. I'm sure as hell not going to like his living, boyfriend. You know, uh, in New Jersey, in the Pennsylvania area and stuff like this. Have you ever been to Sesame Place? Yeah. Um, I've been to Sesame Place far too old than I should have. I went there Last as, week. I went there as a small child, but I also... Went as a like a seventeen year old because I took um, I worked at a summer camp and we did a trip to Sesame Street. Well, yeah, th- but yes. you know I enjoyed it. I I, I also it. went to Disney World at at eighteen, dude, and I took pictures with the with the characters. So I'm living my youth through my adulthood. Well, we, um, I was I was there several times and we did like class trips there and stuff. Yeah. And uh, do you remember they did like a production called? Um, Missing Rubber Ducky or something. Okay. And uh, basically, it was green screen work. Were you part of it? I was part of, of it course twice. Of course and my mom still has the video. Um, Put that on YouTube. I'll convert it. It was hilarious. And because I remember it was a green screen. And so it's summertime. And I'm walking around shirtless. I was like 20 pounds. You were so, so jacked. <laughs> I was like... You had a 12-pack, I, I was saw. like eight or nine we're, years old. We're actually watching the video right now for our listeners. <laughs> These super jacked. And we had... Um, Pants are getting tight. The, the whole thing was... They were searching for the rubber ducky. Yeah. And uh, they brought a couple kids on to do... To do certain areas where they were looking well. This part, I was supposedly underwater and swimming... And he took a submarine and was looking. Is that why you had your shirt off, or you just had your shirt off for the hell of it? <laughs> just had my shirt off for the hell of it. All right, so did, did you find it? Moral of the story, did you find it? Uh, he was never missing. They said, we got to look for him, and Ernie the whole time had him. And See. he just wanted to have Bert go on an adventure. And he also wanted to have half-naked children swim in the water. Yeah, That's why I don't like Bert. Or Ernie. <laughs> a bunch of creeps. Um, that, yeah, just a bunch of creeps. I think the reason why I didn't go to Sesame Street much as a child is because mass or like uh, characters in suits scared the living shit out of me. Like my parents used to take me to farm fairs and uh, like carnivals and like if like Elmo's run or Cookie Monsters running around, they freaked the fuck out of me. So I would cry. I'd go into a ball and cry as a child. I wasn't a big fan of it. So maybe that's why at in my adulthood I would take pictures with characters because I'm like yeah. You're not so scary. I'm not scared anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm, bigger, I'm, I'm bigger than most of you now. All right, so is Sesame Street an educational and effective show in the world we live in right now? I don't think it's prominent. 
I don't, you know, it's on HBO now. I think I, it's still got to be on PBS. Like, it's definitely got to be PBS. Because that's when we watched it. Yeah, like, when I'm homesick, I'm not watching PBS. I'm watching Maury and Jerry Springer and Steve Wilco's show and maybe, like, reruns of Bar Rescue. I'm not checking to see if Sesame Street <laughs> is on. But I feel like, so it's not prominent. I don't think so. I mean, I can tell you right now, like, my niece and nephew probably don't watch Sesame Street. And they're in prime age. They're five and four. Would they know the characters? Uh, Elmo. That's about it. Probably. Oh, dude, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy, man. They're, that's... They're, exactly. Like, cult. That's cultural, like... Like, I know Alana's nine now, and she didn't really watch it when she was a kid. A little bit. But, um... Maybe for, like, a year or two. Dude, when I have children, all we're wa- all they're watching are... Jim Henson. It's shit that I grew up on. Like, yeah. Oh, no. I'm not, I'm not gonna, like... I don't even think I'm gonna have the Disney Channel for their content because I think it's all like teeny bopper bullshit so I think I'm gonna have they're gonna grow up the right right way like we did we grew up right we're not shooting school we didn't shoot up schools and we're not on like no flight to like fly, uh, fly lists I think we're I think we grew up well so, all based on what we were given well so. they're bringing back uh with the the Nickelodeon 90 cartoon because the stuff they have now is kind of mm-hmm. shit so they know what works. The great, the good stuff. What we grew up on, and we're gonna do an animation kind of like cartoon podcast episode too, so we can talk about that stuff, which is gonna be super dope. Let's move on to something that kind of goes under the wayside because it it was kind of like it was a spinoff from the Muppets, and had a very good run, but not a super long run. Uh, and it's Fraggle Rock. Yeah. Did you yeah. did you like Fraggle Rock? I did. Um, I remember it was on HBO as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, I think I watched it on like. With home video and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, like reruns on other channels. But yeah, it didn't re- you know, it only lasts from 83 to 87, had 96 yep. episodes. Yep. Um, That's a solid run, though, for a puppet show. Yeah, and I loved it, because it was different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, you had characters like, I love Wembley and Boober. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, I love the Gorgs. Oh, yeah. The go- junior was awesome, and then, you know, uh, one of my favorite, trash sheep. Mm-hmm. She was uh, like this is powerful being, which is a bunch of trash. Oh yeah, and it was it was obscure. It was super. It was like it was just like a, it was the Guardians of the Galaxy, now back then. Like these are like little freaky little little things that are living underground and with the rocks and like. Talking to trash people. And it was good. It was popular. I loved the Fraggle Rocks. Yeah. I remember the... the oh, I don't remember, but I, I probably... Yeah, if, if, if we sang it, I would probably know the, the theme song. I had a Fraggle Rock shirt. Um, I had a hand-me-down Fraggle Rock fanny pack. They still wear. Oh, dude, if I could find it, fuck yeah, I'm going to wear it. Like, oh, I have a fanny pack somewhere that I had when I was a kid and it has my name on it. I think it's got, like, cartoon characters on it. It said Jimmy. Fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> Jimmy. That's what they called me when I was a kid. I grew out of the... I was called Chucky. So. Yeah, we grew out of the E's. Um, but Fraggle Rock was, was my shit. And uh, my next question about Fraggle Rock is there's rumors that Joseph Gordon-Levitt is going to take it over. Right? Mm-hmm. That was years. There's been rumors. Are you on board with that? Do you think he's the right fit? Oh, yeah. yeah. I told... It, it kind of how you're saying is... Kind of reminds me of the... The Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Yeah. And he's kind of in that camp with... You know, he's done a couple movies with Seth Rogen and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, 
but like I think and he seems passionate it's gotta be like they did the Muppets yeah. it's gotta be ground as grounded as you can get it can't be over the top because you you have to think that you are introducing a brand new character to like a brand new franchise to a new audience like we'll remember it I don't know if a lot of people watch the Fraggles you know what I mean People I work with probably have never seen the Fraggle Rocks, um, but I I'd watch. I'd go open night for Fraggle Rock. I don't know if I go. I would go open. I would. I'd go open night. I would cosplay as a Fraggle. I think I look like a Fraggle now. Pretty. I'm pretty close to looking like a Fraggle. <laughs> You're more like a Gorg. Big. All right, we'll go with that then. As long as I'm not trashy. Just go. <laughs> what with were that. those little characters? They were like, oh, mighty trash heap. Well, they were the followers of it. Yeah, I don't remember their names. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't remember their name either. But, like, you know, that, that whole world was amazing. Yeah. I think that if Joseph Gordon-Levitt backs out of it, the next person I could see, like, I don't know if he likes them, but the next person I could see that could be passionate about it and do it right is Seth Green. Yeah. Think about it for a second, though. Seth Green's a big nerd, right? Mm-hmm. Seth Green kind of resembles the Fraggles. But Seth Green also reminds me of a Jim Henson where he's working on a craft that really isn't popular anymore in the sense of stop motion with Robot Chicken. Like, that's all claymation, all stop motion. And you don't really see a lot of that. I mean, you see Coraline and you see the box trolls and and Kubo that just came out um, a couple weeks ago. But you don't see a lot of stop motion. They did Paranorman, right? That was stop motion. But I feel like Seth Green would would do do Fraggle Rock right. Well, he also he did what was that um that he did a puppet show that bunny. Well, he did like his cartoons are based on a lot of adult themes and pop culture. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like he'd be super passionate about the Fraggle Rock franchise because he's he's a geek. If you're doing if you're doing claymation Star Wars movies and claymation Justice League movies and Marvel movies and stuff like that, then you know you're a geek. Yeah. And, and he doesn't really do anything outside of that. No, like, you don't really hear from. He works at Stupid Monkey Studios and just does his thing. And that that remind, like, if you think about that, people that kind of stick to the, what they're good at. That's again another George Lucas because we saw what happens when he can't do it when he's doing things that he thinks he's gonna uh, he's gonna be good at. Like those animated movies that were shit. Um, and a Charles Schultz. And, and especially Jim Henson. You know what I mean? He didn't... He did what he was good at. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to go above and beyond to impress people. Because he knew he established a core audience. And he brought what the audience wanted. And if he had that core audience... Like, if you watched The Muppets and you came to me and like, Jim, you need to watch The Muppets. I'd watch The Muppets. I would tell Chelsea. Chelsea would tell somebody at work. Somebody at work would tell somebody at the gym. Somebody at the gym would tell somebody at Starbucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it would be cyclical. Everybody would watch it. So I think I think Seth Rogen, and that's a Seth Green rant that I just went on, but I think he would be perfect for it if JGL drops out. Is Seth Green? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a Bray of Fort. Do you remember? He did a short-lived show called Greg the Bunny. Yeah. And you know, he he's worked with puppets before. Yeah. So. But I, I just like, don't think he has the star power to um he's not recognizable. Like yeah, he does a lot of robot chicken, but yeah. he's more behind the scenes. For But do you really need the star power? 
I think you do. If it's done right, you don't. You and I could do it. And if it's done right, people are going to watch it. It's all about how you, how you present the product. If you present it like, here's these weird things talking to trash cans, then fuck no, no one's going to see it. But if you present it in the manner of what it truly is, you highlight what, like, what it was back then to what it is now, you and I are going to be interested in it. You're going to take your family, I'm going to take my friends and, and my girlfriend, and we're going to go and see it. It's just how you present the product. Jason Siegel's not a household name. No, but I think at that time he was very recognizable. To to adults, not to children. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was putting out movies like Bad Teacher and Forgetting Sarah Marshall where he's putting his little dick on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, J- Jason Gordon, or Jason, Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't a household name either. No. They're going to see that kid. Oh, he's from Third Rock from the Sun and he did that movie with Seth, uh, Seth Rogen about Christmas. But he's done a shitload of stuff. You know what I mean? I think if you present the product properly, it doesn't matter who it is. You know what I mean? Think about some of the the producers that are and directors that put out stuff that you may not really realize that they did, and then they went out and did, are taking on huge franchises, like a James Gunn. Or you have Mick G., who did music videos, mm-hmm. and now he's going to tackle the He-Man universe. Yeah. And Shane, Shane Black, who wrote Monster Squad. You know what I mean? I don't know if you knew that. No. He co-wrote Monster Squad. And he wants to do a sequel to Monster Squad. Yeah. But, like, and think about the world that he's in. And then you have a guy who is directing a Marvel movie, like Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi, who nobody knows. No. Nobody knows how to pronounce his fucking name. I'm glad you did, because I didn't know. See? I'm good at that. But, like, and if you think about, like, if you watch his other stuff, it's been received very well but just not here been received well in Australia because it's where he's from Um, so I think if you again if you present the product right you can do it me and you could do the fraggles I think we'd kill it yeah we would oh it would be awesome oh it would be so great Bob Hoskins would be in it Alexander D'Addario would be in it oh it would be such a good movie okay one last thing about um, about Jim Henson and his productions he did two movies that we're going to speak about, and that's Dark Crystal, and that's Labyrinth. What are your thoughts on the movies? I like those, because they're so much darker than his other creations. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Muppets and Fraggles and Sesame Street are light and uh, happy. These movies were not. Yep. It was about an abduction of a child, mm-hmm. and a world, you know, with Dark Crystal. It was dark. Yeah, it was a scary world. Yeah. Um, but so, he but he did bring fantastic characters away. Oh, totally. And that's what did it. Like it wasn't like he just got all humans and decided like all humans, all people, and was like, let's just do this movie. Let's do. It. He didn't direct Jaws. You know what I mean? He went and he honed his craft, and he's like, I'm gonna put these skeletons in there, and I'm gonna put these puppets in there, and you're gonna work with the puppets. You know what I mean? So, do you have any other thoughts about the movies? Any more thoughts? Yeah. And no, I I liked them. I, I thought they were done well. I liked that Labyrinth was a musical. Yep. Um, and of course, uh, the late David Bowie. Yep. But, uh, I don't know, I thought they were done very well. Yeah, well, speaking of the late, late and great David Bowie, in my opinion, perfect casting for Jareth. Oh. Um, I feel like if they were going to cast anybody else at that time, it was MJ. Yeah. That, and... 
it, I think the movie still would have been great. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, Bowie was the Goblin King. Yeah. Bowie is the Goblin King. Um, I think that if they didn't get Bowie, they probably would have went with Michael Jackson. Or they might have tried Michael Jackson and didn't, he didn't want to do it because he did Thriller. Yeah. And he already worked with the makeup and then he wanted to be Jar Jar Banks later on in life. But um, the movies for me, put it, in, put it in perspective, both of those movies are rated higher than Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad. <laughs> when Labyrinth came out in 86... And that's holding at today, 2016, 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Dark Crystal came out in 82, and it's holding 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's it's crazy. It's better than Suicide Squad and Batman combined. <laughs> Put together. So if you think about it. Like, what were they, 20-something, 30-something? Yeah, 26 and, and 32, 32, something like that. And 32 was after the DVD was released, yeah. so it went up a little bit. So, you know... They hold, they're movies that are going to hold up. So we talked about Jareth, right? If you had to pick gun to your head right now, I don't know how many guns in my house, so bow and arrow to your head right now, or broadsword to your head, which movie are you going to pick? Which one did you like? Dark Crystal or Labyrinth? Which one's the best? Labyrinth. Why Labyrinth? Is it because of the human element? The human element, and I like the musical part. Yeah. I thought the musical scenes were done well. Um, I, the story was just creepy. Yeah. You know, he he kidnapped the child. And created this huge maze yeah. for the child to get out, or you're not getting out. Yeah. I, I'm going with Labyrinth, too. Although Dark Crystal was amazing, because there were no people involved in it. it no was one. It was... All puppets. Yep. And had fantastic characters. And Labyrinth, I don't like Jennifer Connelly, um, but I didn't know I didn't like Jennifer Connelly when I saw Labyrinth the first time. I love adventure movies, especially... Back then, dude, I was doing those. Like, we got highlights magazines, and they they always had the mazes, and I was always doing the mazes at like the dentist office or the doctor's office and stuff like that, just pissing people off when they told don't do the mazes. I'm doing them, renegade. Just having a movie about a maze, where a child is the star, and they're coming along with like you have these creepy goblin people, and you got you got Hoggle and Ludo and all these characters to deal with. Plus, Jareth, this creepy king of the goblins. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just to have that, you can put yourself in Labyrinth. You can have dreams about Labyrinth. You're like, oh my god. I woke up and I had the weirdest dream about Labyrinth. I was in the Labyrinth. You know what I mean? I'm going to have a dream tonight about the Labyrinth. That'd be awesome. Alright, last thing. Let's talk about the characters. Because we talked about the... he Jim Henson is the man. He's created some of the best characters. And Jim Henson Studios still puts out really good characters. They did work with the Jack in the Box ca uh, character from the commercials. And they had the Creature Show on um, Sci-Fi. Yeah, did you watch that? I did. It was, I good thought stuff. it was really good. Good stuff. It was the Jim Henson uh, what, Creature Shop Challenge. Yep. And they also did Bear in a Big Blue House. So he's he's his legacy is living on with the characters that they're creating. Let's talk about a little more about the characters he created. Who are your favorite characters from, you know, his Dark Crystal and Labyrinth world? Um, and we talked about this off-air. Yeah. And I, we're pretty much straight off the gate. I really like Hoggle. Yeah. I th you know, the little hobbit-looking He was the, the troll, the goblin that Jareth needed to befriend Jennifer Connelly's yeah. character. Yep. And he didn't, like, you, you think that he's going to be a dick in the movie. And he's like, I... I 
don't want to turn on her. She's my friend. She's the only one who treated me as a friend. Yeah. So there's some morals there. I like that. Uh, even though he wasn't a creature, I like the character. I like Jared. Yep, me too. You know, uh, Dave Bowie played him perfectly. He's yep. creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Ludo. Mm-hmm. You know, um, kind of reminds Sweetums the way he. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Um, he was a talking Sweetums. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's definitely where he probably drew the information. Uh, yeah. It was like Sweetums had a baby with Chewbacca. Yep. And they just grew, grew out horns a little yeah. bit. Okay. Um, and then uh, from Dark Crystal, I like the Skeksis. Yeah. They were originally, they were supposed to be uh, seven of them mm-hmm. to represent each one of the deadly sin. But they ended up having nine. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go with that. Because then, then that can, people are going to be but, like, oh, it's a religious movie. I don't want to watch it. Did you? It was uh, widely speculated that um, dark, well, the Dark Crystal was directed by Frank Oz and Jim Henson, mm-hmm. and it speculated. I don't know if ever proven, but um, that Jim Henson directed all of the good guy scenes, and Frank Oz did all the bad guy scenes. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's so, a good balance. So if you're gonna have two directors, I can I like that contrast. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because it gives the two perspectives. Because you're not. You know, if you're doing a bad guy thing, if, if me and you were directing him and mm-hmm. said, Jim, you're going to do the good guys, Chuck, you're going to do the bad guys, I can have the mindset of this dark uh, and yeah. gritty world to where you're light and I think it gives a good contra- contrast. Absolutely. So if, and you, you figured Jim Henson was good with being the good guy and Frank mm-hmm. Oz... This has come after a time where he had already worked on, or began, no, he hadn't started working on Star Wars yet. He might have been working on Star Wars to get, to give that perspective of, like, the darker toned characters. Because, you know, Sesame Street and Muppets really didn't have dark characters. But in Star Wars, Yoda had to well, deal with some kn- shit. Do you know, um, George Lucas produced Dark Crystal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he refused to do press. And he helped with Labyrinth as well. And you know why he refused to do press? What? Because Star Wars was big, and he didn't want to take the spotlight from Jim Henson. So that's a stand-up. That's a stand-up friend. So they're your characters that you liked. Yeah. I like Jareth, Hoggle, Ludo, and the Skeksis as well. I like the little worm from Labyrinth. Yeah. And Fizzgig. Um, they're my favorites. Um, the thing about Skeksis is, and this is, this is the last thing I'll talk about, and then we'll, we'll end it. Um, the thing about Skeksis is I saw, I believe it was season one of... Here's a cosplay. I think Yaya Han did a cosplay of Skestis. No. Who was it? It was Holly and... And Jessica Marsman? Yes. Okay. They actually went to... Yeah, the Creature Cast. The Creature Cast. Well, because Chloe Dykstra is their friend and she her dad, dad worked... Dad is Lenny... Not Lenny, not Lenny Dykstra, Dykstra, no. John Dykstra. And he worked on Star Wars and you know yeah. he was big in that stuff, so... Um, yeah, that, that's the episode I drew that inspiration from to pick that because I was like, what other characters can I think of? And I was like, I remember that. I, and they, and I know Yaya Ham was on that show. Yeah, they did the cosplay and it was Com- great. Yeah, it was good. They won, right? I think so. It's like Commander Holly and uh, Jessica Marsman. Yeah. All right, so that's our Jim Henson podcast. Let's uh, let's go over it. Follow us on Instagram at active geek or active underscore geek underscore productions. On Twitter, you can follow us at active geek underscore. We're on Facebook at Active Geek. Like, like that page and comment and review us on that. And then on SoundCloud, you can find us on Active Geek Productions and Active Geek Podcast. You can find us on 
the Geek Culture Cast Network on anywhere iPod, uh, iPods, anywhere podcasts are downloaded and streamed. And then we're on iTunes, and you can click the button that says subscribe, download all of our episodes, play them, mark them as played, then give us a rating, five stars preferably, and leave us some comments so we know what to, to work on and what to add to the podcast. And Chuck, without further ado, send us home. Hey everybody, this is Kermit the Frog here, and I just want to tell everybody to listen to the Active Geek Podcast. Not bad, buddy. See ya.